Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Welcome, people. <laughs> welcome. We are back with another edition of Cardale and Beanie. Beanie and Cardale, whatever you want to call it. But one thing you got to get right is the canes. Raising canes. Yes. The best chicken that you could possibly get. Never frozen. Always fresh. Get some of them tenders for your pregame setup to get ready to watch some Ohio State Buckeyes. Kick some butt this weekend in the Big Ten championship game. Let's go. Yes, indeed. Let's get ready to rock and roll. I can't wait for it. Um, last week, obviously, we know what transpired uh, or what didn't transpire. The Ohio State-Michigan game, uh, first time since 1917 when the rivalry was started that the game wasn't played. Um, it was tough to even just watch other football games last week, wasn't it? For sure, man. And it sucks. And not to be the dead horse, man, but at this point, it's like you already were screwed out of so much stuff as a fan, mm-hmm. especially a Buckeye fan this year with, you know, a cancellation of two other games prior. Um, it, it sucked not to have that bragging right. I'm still claiming bragging right. That's why I got my gold <laughs> pants on. And right. my gold pants usually stays on until the end of the year um, because it's that time. Well, it was that time of the year, but I, I'm going to act like it still happened. I'm going to put this a win. Uh, I'm going to tally it a uh, win in the win column for Ohio State. Right, 100% me too, man. It, it was tough to watch. Uh, we didn't know – or tough to not watch. We didn't know what was going to happen uh, with the Big Ten officials meeting uh, prior that day last week when we did the show – and they came to the conclusion that Ohio State still belonged to be in the Big Ten championship. Finally, 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 they made a right. Finally, they made the right decision when it comes to Ohio State. When it comes to the the um, overall aspect and what's good for college football. Right. You know, no offense to any other teams in the Big Ten, especially on Ohio State side, that could have potentially represented the, um, their side in the Big Ten championship game. But at the end of the day, Ohio State is Ohio State still the best team. In the Big Ten by far, let alone, you know, top team in the country. So the best teams should be able to play each other. It would have been a crime, man. It would have certainly been a crime had they not had Ohio State in that game and they would have went with somebody else. I mean, I don't know, Indiana or whoever for that matter. Um, so I'm certainly glad they got it right. Um, but just thinking beyond, obviously, the Big Ten championship game, um, Ohio State, they win this game, they'll have played six games. We know what the talk has been. Should Ohio State be in the college football playoff as a Big Ten champion, but only playing six games and winning those six games? You had Dabo Swinney come out and talk about it, said he doesn't think it's fair, he doesn't think it's right. Then you had uh, Florida coach Mullen talk about it. I don't even know why he doesn't say anything. They're out. They lost two games. Yeah, you're so done. they don't even have a say-so if yeah. it's up to me. Yeah, you guys lost two games and potentially – on the on the ropes is uh, losing another game this week in the big. T- I mean, uh, SEC championship game versus number one Alabama. But at the end of the day, it's not about how many games you play. It's about who's the best four teams. I know Ohio 100%. State got a got a small sample size in the country. Got a small sample size of what they potentially can do. But you, one thing you cannot deny, they are top four team. I don't know where you rank them one through four, but guess what? They in there. I, I agree a hundred percent. I don't know how you can't have Ohio State in there. Just based off of the number of games they played, they went out and dominated everybody. Yeah, yeah, you can sit there and say in the second half some of those teams crept back in, but those were when the games were out of hand. There was yeah. no way they were going to you know, come back and take over the reins. The, the closest game that we had in the second half was versus a, a good Indiana football team. But with that being said, man, Ohio State is certainly one of the best four. Uh, that would be another crime if they 
Some came down this week where Ohio State wins the championship. Um, let's say Clemson beats Notre Dame, and then obviously those two are in because they're both or, or one Notre teams. Dame would be a one last team, and they decided to pit somebody else in. Who that would be, I don't know. Whether it be a, a one loss Texas A&M or somebody else out there, I think that would be egregious for them not to pit Ohio State in if they won the Big Ten championship and continue to be undefeated. For sure. I don't see any scenario where Ohio State winning and not staying one of the top four teams in the country because if you look at the top teams in the country, three, all four of them are on display in the Big Ten championship game this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in uh, the conference championship game with Alabama, with Clemson and Notre Dame playing each other in Ohio State. So if Ohio State, if, uh, Ohio State wins mm-hmm. and Clemson loses, I think Clemson is out or do they just swap places three and four? But Clemson would be a two-loss team as well. Yeah. Or I, I think you, you got to throw Clemson out. I mean, potentially, yeah. Potentially, you're right. If they lose, so with, you'll see it, yeah. They're so. end-all, be-all. They're, what's the quarterback? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, but I call him Sunshine. If they lose Sunshine. with Sunshine at the Sunshine. Ram, then they got to be out of there. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But I don't see any scenario where only team I think is – only two teams are safe, I think, is one and two. Mm-hmm. I don't see uh, one team losing to – I mean, a top-ten Florida team and dropping all the way out the top four. Right. And I also don't see a team losing to a team that they already beat earlier in the year with a lump one loss in the conference championship game in Notre Dame going from two to five or outside the top four. Right. So to the, the, they have the safest bids this week, in my personal opinion. But all I they got to do is just take care of what they can take care of this weekend versus uh, the Wildcats and then uh, let everything else happen. Yeah, man. And this Big Ten championship game, I mean, Northwestern is a team that – is a very well coached football team. We all know For Pat sure. Fitzgerald, his long standing guys. history. Right. Smart guys. <laughs> his long standing history there. Um, and they're going to come in one to upset Ohio State. Yeah, because they got a lot to prove. They got exactly. a lot to prove. I mean, you know, you look at a couple of years ago when they played this game in the Big Ten Championship game, and, um, you know, they hopper. I think it was to go to the Rose Bowl, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they just came up short, uh, and they really took Ohio State to the wire until they got a little out of hand in the fourth quarter when Haskins went completely crazy with uh, Paris Campbell. But um, this is kind of like a revenge game for him, and he knows what a lot of these these players that have been in that position, a lot of these coaches that have been in that position before going against Ohio State were allowed on the line. And um, I I think they uh, give Ohio State their best foot forward and uh, pull out all the stunts. Yeah, I think so too. Um, But I'm excited. Uh, for this game, not only for the simple fact it's the Big Ten championship game, but when we last saw Ohio State, it was versus Michigan State. We had players out of the game, mm-hmm. and I thought we played exceptionally well. I was real proud of the way that Trey Sermon had ran the football. You know, sure. he's a cat that transferred in from Oklahoma that we all anticipated uh, kind of taking the reins over, especially with uh, T coming off the, the Achilles injury. injury yeah. um, and he looked good. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, when I, when I think of big time – run performances, I think of the guys up front always. Right. And I think, you know, all them guys, to my understanding, graded out as champion-level playing that week, and they had three new guys mm-hmm. playing in different positions. They had three They had three starters out, and then four new guys, actually four new guys, playing in different positions on the offensive line. And for them to have that much success against a really good coach, I mean, they not they 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 not having any recruits as we usually see in that Michigan State and some of the performance, but still a really good coach right. team when it comes mm-hmm. to the excellence of those in the scheme. And to them to have that much success – Running the ball, I give all the credit to the guys up front. Yeah, I give yeah. all the credit to the guys up front. Then when when Justin go out and have a three hundred plus yard passing <laughs> game, I get all the credit to the receivers. So right, <laughs> you got to get, get credit to the unsung heroes. Man, that that was man really impressive though, and that's one of the reasons why I believe that you have to put Ohio State in the college football playoff if they do win this game. For sure, they went out with. 
three guys out of the offensive line, a couple of guys on defense, and without their head coach, and all of this distraction for the entire week, and went out and dominated Michigan State. For sure. Like, for beat sure. them start to finish bad. Yeah, yeah for sure. And it, it, you know, sad to say it wasn't a game. I mean, the best part of the – I mean, the closest part of the game when it was 0-0 with 15 minutes left in the first quarter. Right. You know, the beginning. <laughs> so, uh, but for them to go out there and, and, uh, and, and not just to toot Ohio State horn, I mean, clearly we are – diehard Buckeye fans and alum and, and things like that. But a lot of teams has been doing, dealing with a lot of adversity this season right. and having to bounce back mm-hmm. and play. And just so happened, Ohio State haven't had a slip-up in a loss column, but, you know, dealing with some of this adversity. So that's why I think they're still one of the top four teams in the country. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't wait to watch it all unfold. Like you talked about a little bit earlier, we get a chance to see everybody this weekend yeah. in the conference championship game um, that we all anticipate being in the college football playoff. Um, so that's going to be exciting. But real quick, so let's say, because we do get a chance to see this again, let's say Notre Dame-Clemson. Let's say Clemson wins that game. Notre Dame has one loss. And now Ohio State wins, Alabama wins, and now we're back to the same four. Like what type of matchup would that be again, seeing Notre Dame-Clemson, let's say for some odd reason, they play in the national championship? I mean, I would not want to see that for a third time. I mean, they're to me, they're not that impressive as, as teams. You never know. They got sunshine back at Clemson. And right. That'd be a whole different ball game. And they got some of them starters returning back on defense. And, you know, they've seen this team midway through the season. So a lot of ball has been played since they lost that game in uh, – in South Bend, I think it was in South Bend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you never know what this weekend is going to hold definitely for those two teams. Right. And I, like I said before, if Notre Dame loses, I, I definitely don't see them dropping out the top four. Right. And uh, that could set up a rematch, yeah. a national title game. And I don't know when last time, you know, two teams that played each other three, three times, times bro. in one season. You know, that's that's brutal. That's like that's a, that's NFL status. That's NFL type stuff. <laughs> I know what I do want to see. Um, you know, we were just talking a little bit before the show about if we're Ohio State, who would we want to face in the college football playoff? And obviously, people, we're I man, we can overlook the the uh, the Northwestern game. We're not players. I mean, yeah. you got to tell the players to stop overlooking. But yeah. we're not players anymore. We can overlook it. We think we're going to win that game uh, handily. We should. Uh, so we are looking forward to the college football playoff. Who would you want to face? Me personally. I would want to face uh, Notre Dame. Right. The first round, I would want to face Notre Dame in some way, somehow. If Clemson go out there and, and beat um, Alabama, mm-hmm. I would love to face. I mean, I would love to face Clemson just for a rematch of last year. But at this point, man, all the cards are on the table. These guys, these coaches, are going to have these guys ready to face right. whoever, and these guys are going to be hungry to face whoever. But if I'm a, if I'm a spectator, if I'm a fan, like you know, I'm a, um, I'm a guy just like looking up, ma- looking at matchups right now. Mm-hmm. I would want to face Notre Dame. Yeah, me too. I definitely want to see them. Just because in the Midwest, Notre Dame is always like they're the you know how you got that family in the movies to where you got like the big brother or the big sister who's like the uppity one. Yeah. Just wanna just, you know, look down <laughs> at you. Uh, yeah. Notre Dame is the uppity big brother of the Midwest to Ohio yeah, State. Even yeah. though they haven't won a thing in football, yeah. they still think they're better. Just, <laughs> you know how it goes, man. Right. It's just and it, it just it's so rare when Ohio State Notre Dame highly Finally, have a chance to play them. So my last game actually in college was against Notre Dame the Fiesta Bowl. Right. You know, and and we, you know, I kind of had that vibe from them guys, even though they had great players, and, and you know, you didn't get that vibe from the players, mm-hmm. but just as a program in the history, right. it's just like it just look a little, it's like a little snooty. It's just right. like, Ugh, Ohio State, <laughs> how dare you? Ugh, right. I don't want to. Uh, you guys are over there getting dirty. No, we're going to play like this. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just like. That type of vibe that you get from them, but yeah, I would love for Hassan to play Notre Dame first. That's certainly one of the teams I, I would love to see. Obviously, you know, you got Bama out there, who's 
uh, Ohio State. Obviously, we took them down a few years ago, which you were a part of that. Yeah. Um, and, and Clemson. I think everybody loves to see the Clemson game because you can go back to when it was, you know, Braxton Miller at the helm in the bowl game. They went and played Clemson. And, bowl. Yeah, yeah, we as got, a freshman. Yeah, we got slaughtered, right? Well, it was a it was a good game until the end. Um, Braxton ended up getting hurt, and that actually kind of portrayed the legend of JT Barrett. You know, hmm. a year before that even started, because Braxton went down in that game and couldn't participate in spring ball, then ended up having shoulder surgery, and then that following camp in 14 mm-hmm. um, threw a shoulder out. And that, you know, without that season, who knows what, what JT Barrett or Cardell Jones would have, right. how that would have played out, you know, with him being out. So, um, but, yeah, they, they put a good whooping on us. I mean, I think we lost by maybe a score or, or somewhere about 10, 13 points, something like that. But um, yeah, but it goes back deeper. I don't think Ohio State ever beat Clemson. Yeah, I don't think so either. You know, and then that, then that what was it, 31-0? I was out there. Yeah, Arizona. That, yeah, that was brutal. That was and tough. And then, you know, the way that the game ended last year mm-hmm. with Clemson and, um, you know, the questionable calls and uh, the ejection and then the, the miscues, the end of the game, the interception, things like that. So, Ohio State got a lot, lot of blood, lot of, a lot of bad blood, right. you know, in their mouth from Clemson over the, the shoot, the history of the – I don't know how they played each other. But you hear Dabble Sweeney come out and talk about um, the fact that Ohio State didn't play enough games, the seventh third. I personally believe he don't want to see Ohio State. Uh, that's what I say. I, I never been in a situation like that when if my coach ever would mention another team in right. the in, in light of that, mm-hmm. listen, I got all the respect for Dabble because people don't realize the things that he has done. People know Dabble from all the winning now, right. but they don't know him when Clemson was getting crushed and he was just waiting his turn and mm-hmm. getting his recruits and really building his program. So if you really know the history behind Dabble Swinney and that university, you – you have no choice but to be a fan right. of him it. and respect it. But if my coach was to come out and make a comment on why a a a clear front top four team shouldn't be in the college football playoffs mm-hmm. and try to downplay it to another team that that is clearly not on that level, <laughs> then I'm gonna look at my coach like, "What you want to play them or something? Right. What you want to see them or something? <laughs> what you you scared of Ron Day, man? Right. You know, so like looking back on my coaching, you know, all the coaches I played for, I don't think they ever said anything in a negative light about a team that shouldn't be somewhere. Especially publicly. Exactly. I mean, exactly. you may say something behind closed doors in the locker room talking to your exactly. guys. Exactly. I remember in 2012, man, we couldn't play for a bowl game, and we watched Alabama and Notre Dame play. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, Coach Meyer was down there calling a the game with some of the other coaches and things like that because, like I said, we just had – we went 12-0, and that was done for us. Right. So we was getting ready for next season while the bowl games wasn't even played yet. And – um. Coach Meyer shared a message with the with the team and the players after he came back and saw those two teams perform. And he was saying, there's no way we shouldn't be one of those top two teams. He didn't point out which one, mm-hmm. even though we personally knew he was talking about freaking Notre Dame shouldn't have been there. <laughs> right. And I think at that point it's still a BCS Bowl uh, bidding type of thing. And I think we finished in the top, even though we couldn't go for uh, a postseason. But it would have if, if Ohio State wouldn't have been on, on banned sanctions, we would have potentially played Notre Dame mm-hmm. in 2012 championship game. And looking at that team and Coach Martin knowing what we had, right. like, it wouldn't have been a game. We would have crushed them guys. But, Alabama thrashed them. So, yeah, yeah they, right. they gave them a good whooping. I think Alabama had lost one game that year. So they got in kind of by default because we couldn't get a goal. Right. And, they, and Notre Dame was the only undefeated team, I think, and Alabama was the best one-loss team. Mm-hmm. So – 
but he never said like, "Oh man, you know, we don't want to play this team such a." He just knew that right. if he was in that position, what would have happened? But Dabo, like, uh, uh-uh. uh, they don't deserve to be here. Yeah, if I gotta say, they won't be here. Come on, <laughs> man, you, you you're kind of showing your hand a little. Bit. I don't even know how you do that, man. How you feel comfortable doing that, especially knowing, all right, you look around the country, you know who gets the best players, you know who performs on a consistent basis. How do you even feel comfortable saying that? Yeah, man? come on, dude. Like, come on. At the end of the day, man, like, like you see in basketball, everybody teaming up with each other and stuff. I said, I could have never did that because I want to play against the best. Right. I want to show you I'm the best. Yep. I don't want to be like, oh, you know, in that big-time situation, or pass it to my boy. He, mm-hmm. He's just as good. No, I want all the blame. Man. I want all the everything. 100%. I want, yeah, I want you to put it on me. It was my, we, we lost. It was my fault. Right. We won. It was my guys. Mm-hmm. They did it. You know, and Dabo was like, uh-uh. We so, won't play them. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about, you know, the, the college football playoff, and we can't do that without talking about Ohio State this season and some of the things that we saw that kind of make us nervous. Is there anything that you've seen that make make you nervous uh, with Ohio State going back on the national stage? And I don't, I don't, I don't want to say they're going to embarrass themselves, but that could potentially be a, a chink in their armor to where we could, you know, get on the national stage and kind of, you know, not look so good. I, I can I said it with every team before Ohio State and the Big Ten was playing their first couple of games because the SEC and AC already played three or four games at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the steel to this day to me personally is uh, defense all around the country. Yeah. I mean, everybody missed a spring ball. Everybody missed camp. Everybody missed the opportunity to really home in on the, on the fundamentals of defense, running, tackling, things like that. And right. it's so funny that I'm sitting here talking about how hard it is to <laughs> tackle people in the open field when I never had to make one. Right. But I know it's hard. And you mm-hmm. can see the mishaps that's that's happening and, and the big plays is happening from not just making guys miss but bad tackling forms, things like that. I can remember watching first couple of games in the SEC because it's the only thing was on time. And when have I – I mean, me personally, I never – can look back at an Alabama team and say, man, they can't tackle. Right. But I was looking at guys like, man, what are they doing? <laughs> you know, and I said that, you know, weeks, weeks, weeks back before the Big Ten season even started when we were talking about, you know, what you want to see in the first game of Ohio State. And that's the first thing I said was I want to see guys making sure they stand fundamentally sound when it comes to the defense side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Look at the Indiana game. You know, not just blown coverages and things like that. And guys getting missed beat tackles. on ball. Yeah, missed tackles. Guys look like a fish out of water sometimes mm-hmm. in open space. But you look at the Clemson game or the Clemson games, and, you know, if you really want to dissect Clemson, their weakest point is their defense. Mm-hmm. You look at, you know, it's, it's crazy to say that a lot of these teams have a lot of things in common, and it's on the defense side of the ball when right. it comes to not just, you know, making plays, but tackling the guy, getting the ball, getting the guy on the ground. Yeah, man. Jeff Halfley at Boston College, but he gave Clemson all they can handle too, man. So For that's sure. A, another one. Um, For sure. But with that being said, you know, defense is one of the bigger issues that I got too for this football team. Yeah. But with that being said, the fact that Ohio State will only have had six games versus a, a 10 a, – one of those teams that played 10, 11 games. Kind of battle tested. You think that's going to play a bigger role? Um, me, it, or do you it, think six is enough for Ohio State to kind of find a stride? I mean, it it can. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. You can look at it like this. I mean, guys going to be fresher. Right. Guys going to be definitely fresher. And uh, that's one of the things that I take advantage of when I finally had an opportunity to play late in the season. I mean, I know this guy, I got, I'm got. i looking at injury reports. Oh, he got a banged-up shoulder, so I'm going to try to run him over. Mm-hmm. Oh, he can't plan on the right leg. I'm going to try to go this way. You know, right. little things like that. But also, you're going to have guys that's battle-tested when you got playing them 10, 11, 12 games to this point, which you would usually play, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be more ready for – has seen more situations, live bullets, than you. Right. I mean, they're going to – I mean, think about it. Like, Ohio State going to – let's say, you know, you got 
65, 65, let's say 70. Let's say 50 to be easy numbers. 50 snaps in a game. And then we play six games. There's 300 snaps versus if an SEC team has, you know, the same 50 snaps but double-minded games. Right. You know, he's seen way more looks. Mm-hmm. This player has seen way more looks and been in way more positions that his body is accustomed to than you. Right. You know, so it's a double-edged sword. You can look at it as a, a, a availability or you can look at it as being battle-tested and uh, having an experience. Yeah, man, I think that's something that, you know, during these coming weeks we're going to have to prepare for, you know, whether it's, you know, versus this week versus Northwestern. But when you got that downtime and sort of bowl practice, as we used to call it, you got to be playing. You got to be throwing everything at the defense. For sure. For sure. Everything. That's and I think we got the talented enough players that's going to be able to compare to the Clemsons, the Alabamas uh, from an offensive standpoint. But they got to see a bunch of different looks. Because, like I said, I mean, like you said, that's one of the areas that does concern me drastically is uh, is our defense, man. We don't want to get embarrassed. Do no. not want to get embarrassed. No. Um, I want to ask you, too, man. I, I've, been, I've been thinking about it. Um, if Ohio State is going to win the national championship, you know you always have to have that guy that is kind of an unsung hero, or not even a guy. I'm not even going to go guy. If we're going to win the national championship, what position group do you believe would be our unsung hero? I think it's going to be the front four on the defensive, on the defensive. side of the ball. Yes. Um, I think that only because Ohio State, uh, we've been spoiled the last – I don't know, eight, nine, maybe ten years with that one a really good defense line, but that one guy that you was gonna know is gonna go top two, top three picks mm-hmm. with the you know, with the John Simons, with the with the uh, Nate Williamses, with the with the Bosa's, with the Adolphus Washington, with the Chase Young, with the with the uh Taekwon Lewis's, the Jalen Holmes, the Sam Hubbards. Right. You know, all of these guys were dominant in their in their years at Ohio State. Mm-hmm where they was causing no chance but a double team. Right. They, you had to double team these guys, which, which made it easier for the other three guys, and sometimes you bring in a blitz and you get some one-on-one matchups. Well, we don't have that guy right now that you know for sure that the offensive line got to slide to. Mm-hmm. And the running back probably go chip him. Right. So, but I think the defense line is still each week, are playing, each week is playing better as a whole. And I think they are – they realize that they don't have that one alpha male up front that they know – potentially is going to be like, okay, no matter what, he go get it in the backfield. No matter mm-hmm. what, he, oh, this third and eight, oh, he about to go get the sack. Right. You know, or or it's going to open up me to get the sack because they slide the protection to him. They don't have that right now. So I think it's going to it's going to force them to collectively get better and better each week, which they are. Mm-hmm. And I think by the time, uh, you know, the big two championship game, by the time the playoff game, by the time the champ- national championship game, I think they'll be at a point where they just roll in and, and, and they c- continue to complement each other. Right. That has been one of the more difficult things uh, for me, though, to watch with our defense is, you know, having the absence of a, a marquee pass rusher. Yeah. 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 Not to say and, that the guys don't got talent, but just yeah, for sure. on and, a consistent basis. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, you can say Sean Way, but and that guy back in the backfield that you know that they ain't throwing to the side of the field. Right. You know, so yep. I think, you know, the defense, and I was talking to B.B. Landers about this as well. He, you know, Coach Jay teaches the defense in a way when they get up front or something called, they know what's marrying up behind them. Mm-hmm. So they know what type of time they got to get hurry up and get to that quarterback right. in a past situation. So the defensive line know if it's man-to-man behind them. And I think putting them guys in a situation like that, okay, boom, I'm a defense lineman. I know it's man-to-man behind me. Well, in my back of my heart, yeah, I trust my teammates. I know my guys, but that ain't Marshawn Lattimore back right. there. You know, they ain't Denzel Ward yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we got some young guys. We got some guys that's, you know, still balling back there. But I need to go help them out, go get this quarterback right. a little bit. So, and, and having them guys having that mindset um, is going to just uh, – 
continue to let them get better as a whole. But because, yeah. like I said, we don't have that that one guy that's gonna be like, you know what? Let's not go on this guy's side. <laughs> I mean, Wade has been playing as playing play like um, been playing better. He's been playing better past yeah. couple of games. Yeah, I think he's been playing better. I think it's just different. It was when shaky. You, yeah, it's just different when you out there on an island other than being an inside as a nickel position where you got help on the inside and outside. But on an island, you all by yourself. And, right. And you know, with me personally. Playing quarterback, and I and I feel like Indiana did this to them. Even though they got a really good, big, strong receiver that can, you know, no fifty fifty balls are really like seventy thirty to those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going at them, and that's what I would do as well. Right. You know, new guy, new position. I know mm-hmm. you're good at this. Let's see. Let's test you out here. Right, you're on that okay. island, boy. You got to get ready to go. Yeah, let's um, go. Man, this big ten, big ten list oh, came man. out, man. I'm gonna give you the, I'm gonna give you the, the media. I'm yeah. gonna take the coaches. Um, what's your take before we dive into this? Who do you respect the opinion from more, the coaches or the media when it comes to these postseason awards? Coaches. These guys know what's going on. These right. guys know what's going on inside and outside of each and every program. And these guys have a game plan for these players on here. The media is just looking at stats. Right. That's like, right. Come on. That's it. And this You look at that stats and, like, the media is like this. You see a guy get a corner – get a whole shot in cover two, or a receiver get a whole shot in corner and cover two, right? Quarterback make a great play. And immediately like this, oh, that was that corner's that, that corner play. He should have made that play. No, the quarterback made a good play, or the safety should have knocked the ball loose. Right. They don't know, really. Mm-hmm. They just see what happened. You know, a guy catch a ball in somebody's area, oh, it's that guy's fault. Right. You know, the media really don't know. And I understand the concept of the player, where yeah, the guy's exactly, supposed to be, you know what I'm saying, the integrity of anything. No, no. Um, so going through this list, man, the big surprising thing to me, when I'm looking at the coaches, it wasn't surprising at all because we understood – for Ohio State at the receiver position, it's two guys you know Fields can go to at any point in time. Two of the best guys in the country. Garrett, exactly, in the country, not just in the Big Ten. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, they're both first team on the coaches list. Which yeah. rightfully so. Where are they on the media list? They're second, they're, they're second team on the media list. And like I said before, the media really don't. <laughs> they really don't know what they're talking about. Uh, you know, when it comes to trying to rank players and, and trying to, like, distinguish one player from another. Um, because this is really questionable. It is, man. Guys. Looking at this list I mean, all the way around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah For the on. Buckeyes, we got Justin Fields at quarterback. This is the coaches. Justin Fields at QB. Chris Olave. Garrett Wilson at the receivers. Josh Myers at center. Wyatt Davis at guard, Thera Munford at tackle. Those are our first-team guys. You look at that list and say, okay, that makes perfectly good sense right there. Yeah. Then for the second-team guys, we got Master Teague running back. Uh, go all the way down to Nicholas pettit Ferry. I can't pronounce his last name very well. But Nicholas at tackle. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. You know, you got a lot of your offensive linemen up there on that uh, first and second team. Third team, we got Harry Miller. So all of our linemen – in some capacity, made the coaches all Big Ten list, whether it's first through third. Yeah. And on the media, it's not quite the same, and I don't understand why. Yeah, but the coaches are smart because right. they take the sample size of Ohio State, what they had, mm-hmm. and they and they put it up to some of the things they had to do. You know, as far as, I mean, we in the beginning we did struggle running the ball. Right. Uh, it may like we struggled because we were so good at passing. So we struggled a little bit running the ball. And then just the last, you know, two, three games is really has been picked up. And like I said before, it's because of the big guys up front. And that reflects on that coach's list. Yeah. Not this media's <laughs> list. But like like I said before, you know, they're just going to see the guy who break through the line, you know, and run for 40-yard, 50-yard touchdown. Not They're going to they're not gonna see that double team that, you know, then the guard come off and work up, work up to the linebacker or, or the backside guard just got seal hands or someone. Mm-hmm. They're not going to see that. The dumbest thing in the world, too, man, I'm looking at Justin Fields. I know he was first team both on, on the media and the coaches, but 
he's highlighted in bold on the coaches. And when you're highlighting in bold, that means you're consensus. How is he not the consensus with the media when you look at him? He's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Michael Penix Jr. was good. He got injured, but he was good. But come on, it's not no comparison when you talk about him and Justin Fields. Yes. Yeah, this dude was about to be the top three, top five pick. Yeah, it's no comparison. I can see the – I mean, I don't know how many games Penix has played before he got hurt. I want to say he got to be at least four or five games. Mm-hmm. Well, you compare those four or five games to Justin, four or five games, and then that's how you get your consensus. I really want to know who's the, the media, media voting is, for these uh, things, bro. I think it was, I think it was Will. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break right here, man, for uh, Raising Canes. Man, go get you some Canes. We're going to take a Canes break. I'm going to give me some of this Canes lemonade we got over here. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back. If Raising Cane's secret cane sauce was the end zone, no one would ever lose a game. Crispy, crinkle-cut fries, touchdown. Buttery Texas toast, touchdown. Hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers, touchdown. Freshly made tea and lemonade, well, you get the point. Go for the win this game day with Cane's. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. One love. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We're back from that Canes break. Got some good, uh, some Canes tea and uh, lemonade over here, man. That was pretty good. Pretty tasty. Yeah, always, always, man. So let's go with our questions uh, of the day for the most part. This question is coming from Benny the Jet. Sorry, Benny the Jet 2017. His question to me is, uh, what do you see long term for Mike Hartline up? Uh, Brian Hartline, I have Mike as a coach, sorry. Hartline at Ohio State, next steps of being a, a co-OC. Um, he seems like a rising star, and it's hard to keep a coaching position. I, for for Mike, um, oh, God, I keep saying Mike. For Brian, um, I, I definitely think of the OC um, and co-OC job is definitely in his future. I don't know if it's at Ohio State, but it's, I think it's at a, um, a definitely up-and-coming program because of the way that he's just producing and, and developing these young receivers to play at an extremely high level. You look at Wilson, he's only a freaking sophomore. And you look at some of these other role players that you can have that he'd probably be starters anywhere else. And um, so I definitely see that in his uh, near future next two or three years. Yeah, man, I, I think so too. I, I don't know whether it's you know going to be here at Ohio State. I could definitely see Hartline uh, being one of those guys, kind of like a Luke Fickle. Yeah, standing here at Ohio State forever, grooming, just going, climbing up the ladder and up the ranks. And I want to say Hartline's up for uh, the National Assistant Coach the Broyles Award, which goes to the the top assistant coach uh, in the college football. Dude's a beast. In in terms of recruiting, he's going getting four, five-star after five-star. He ranks up there year in, year out when it comes to recruiting uh, for coaches. And then just understanding that he's a younger guy, right? Exactly. That's what I say. Comes from the NFL, understands the game a lot more, can relate to the players. Exactly. That's one thing I always had success with with coaches who played the position Mm -hmm. and had success at the position. Right. The guy played unbelievable career at Ohio State and played, you know, X amount of years in the NFL. And he wasn't a coach by – by design, right. you, you can play where no guys might. This guy be coach, so he's really a student of the game and mm-hmm. still young enough to think that he can go out there and, and probably run some of these routes just as good as a, a Garrett or one of these guys they got in his room with him. So for him to be able to show examples, to teach it, right. and to be battle tested and proven, I think that's what's really helping him in his coaching career. Mm-hmm. And and B Hart, man, he's a a technician 
on the football field. I remember, man, we played him in uh, Arizona, and I was out this game, and uh, he was playing for the Dolphins at the time. B. Hart went crazy on this man. He had nine catches, yeah. 253 yards. Yeah. And I run up to him after the game. That's my boy. You know, I've yeah. known him since we were in high school. Run up to him after the game. Hey, bro, man, you just went crazy. So what do you mean? I said, bro, you had 253 yards. His jaw dropped. Yeah. He had no – I think I want to say it was 253 or something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, His jaw dropped. Like, yeah. bro, you're lying. I said, no, nah, man. That was a crazy game. But he's smooth, dude. B. Hart, he's a fast guy, but he's not, like, overly fast yeah. to where he's running, like, a 4-3 or 4-2. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to running routes and just being in the right place at the right time, being a technician, and like you said, a student of the game, yeah. that's something that he's able to take to these younger guys. And we can see it right now with Wilson exactly. and Olave. Exactly. So, I mean, where do I see him in the next couple of years? Man, when you're an assistant at Ohio State and you're a top assistant at Ohio State, you know, the next thing happens. You ain't there for long. <laughs> right. You ain't there for long. And you start to get start getting offers out there. I just don't see B. Hart going to do it because he's not one of those guys, like you say. He's not like where he was grooming himself to be a coach. He just kind of, yeah. you he know, just, yeah. all right, I love football, so let me take this position right here. So he's not one of those guys that's going to be out there just chasing rank and chasing dollars because he doesn't really need to. Right. He can right. stay and afford to be comfortable and, and be in a place that he likes to be. So exactly. I don't know, man. Good question, though, right there. Yeah. Um, my question here is, do you believe the college football playoff format is good for college football or is it widening the gap between the haves and the have-nots? Yeah, it's definitely widening the gap, especially when you only have four spots. I hate that with a passion. Obviously, I hated the bowl system um, yeah. even more, but when you got this college football playoff and you're going to have teams, other teams and other conferences that, got, that are going to be able to go undefeated at some point in time and they're not going to get that opportunity to play in the college football playoff game, you're certainly creating that gap for the have and the have-nots because if you're not a Power 5 conference, then you're essentially saying, well, you don't belong and we're not going to give you an opportunity because you're not a Power 5 and you're not playing against the best of the best. When, hell, give these guys a shot, Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, you give them a shot, but um, I know back in, what was that, I want to say 17 or 18 when you when the UCF went undefeated and they were claiming, they self-proclaimed themselves as a national champ because they're the only team that went undefeated. Mm-hmm. I forgot who won it that year, but it might have been a one-loss team. And um, I think yeah, it definitely widened the gap a little bit. And you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm opposed to adding more teams in playoffs. I think if if it was me, I just get rid of the um, I get rid of the conferences and try my best in, in in 12 or 13 games. Let everybody try to play each other. And you know, UCF, you want to taste of the big dog, right? Go, go get you a little bit. Right, 100%. Go get you a little bit of that, a little bit. You go get you a little. Go get you some of that lemonade. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. See if you really like it. You know. So I, I mean. It would be brutal for some conferences and some teams, mm-hmm. but it's the only way to to not necessarily say prove that they don't belong on that stage, but see if they have a chance to survive on that stage. Right. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I do hate the fact, though, that, man, I think at some point in time I want to see this thing, you know, widen in terms of more games. Yeah. Um, but I do get on the other end – you're like these guys aren't professional, so how many games can you expect them to play? Yeah, yeah you if you widen it to me, you widen it, you cut some of the games on the regular season. Yeah. You don't you don't prolong this season. Right. And you don't cut into spring ball and mm-hmm. recovery. You don't do that and then you gotta make a shorter turnaround for the season to start. Right. Just because you want to get more teams in the playoffs because you get I think you have to add I think it's two or four more, or you do two more, give a team a bye. Mm-hmm. But that's still gonna add a you know, potentially ten to fourteen more days to that your all seasons is cut short in your right. summer and your winter program is cut short, which is you know you just added more time on an athlete and you're already not paying them. All right, it's just like you know you had another game or uh, two or three more weeks. You know you, they think this uh, pay the players 
protests and chant, and, and, and it's going to be real. That's going to be real, real. Right? They, they'll never do it, though. And, and one of the reasons why they won't widen this thing and, and make it more games is from the standpoint of I'm Ohio State, and you mean to tell me I got seven, eight home games in a season? You want me to cut it down and lose dollars? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's another thing. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. You cut whatsoever. that thing down, it's it's gonna be an issue. You start cutting <laughs> into the bottom line for sure, <laughs> man. That's something that. Or you make it, you make it. Top teams get home field advantage. <laughs> That'd be that would crazy. be dope. That would That'd be super be dope. That would be so unfair to other teams. <laughs> that would <laughs> right. be so unfair. You know, the the Ohio Stadium give you know it sits a hundred and six, whatever it is, and they give the visiting team ten thousand right. tickets. Oh my god, that'd be <laughs> so awful. <laughs> they give them ten thousand tickets here. This is what we do for away game. Huh? Here you guys go. That little that little block of they go out and play UCF and you see all red and that little block of black in the stadium with their fans. You know, like, what just happened? So obviously we got the Big Ten championship game. We're gonna hit on it real quick. What do you see? What do you envision? See another Ohio State in this game. I, I got Ohio State going out there and dominating. I think um, Northwestern still got a bad taste in their mouth from a few years ago, mm-hmm. but they still can't. Smart guys, good team. They still can't match up talent wise and how tough Ohio State program is and how battle tested they've been for years and years and years. I got Ohio State going out there and dominating because they feel like they need to have a a, a staple dominating win on a big stage. Mm-hmm. And here you go this weekend. You got a score for me? Oh, oh, I got uh, I got, I got forty two ten. Oh. 42-10. I, like I like that. I think the Buckeyes go out and dominate. I think Northwestern does make it a little bit tough in the beginning, the first quarter, quarter and a half. Um, but I think Ohio State wins. I think we score 48 points. I'm going to go 48-10. Okay. I think we try to make a statement to the rest of the college football committee that we're here to stay and we are one of the best teams. Um, before we get out of here, man, we got to talk about Monday night. Got to talk about Monday night. I got to talk about my Browns. (laughs) I was devastated. Devastated about what transpired last night. Um, I thought Baker Mayfield looked good. Had the one throw that was like, bro, that was a bonehead throw. And that's typical. You expect him to have at least one of those a game. His happened to be the interception that got him down to the goal line to where they score. Um, That doesn't happen. We're winning the game. But nonetheless, I was proud of the Browns. I thought we ran the ball extremely well. But then – You got this kid, Lamar Jackson, who pulls a straight-up Paul Pierce on us. And I was like, golly, what the hell is this? He had to to go get the secret sauce for the Bro, that's exactly what he did, man. He got the secret sauce, man. He He got to go go get the Kang sauce for the locker room. That's what he did. You know, they ain't got no Kangs in Baltimore. And then somebody, you know what it was? He had a buddy down here in Columbus somewhere or Cleveland. You know, they got a couple Kangs up there in Cleveland now. Hey, man, we got your order. Right. And he ran to the locker room, dipped a couple of chicken tenders in that king sauce, and right. came back out there, man. He had to hit That's the toilet, too, did. they said. They claim he had, a, he had a poop, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so something's going on. But, man, what was your take on the Browns, man? What I think you? it was a good game. I think this team is um, a really good team, and they're and they starting to jail at the right time of the year. Right. Um, and, um, you know, up in Northeast Ohio in this part, especially in their division, you got better run the ball this yeah. late. You got better run the ball this late in, in the season, and uh, they proved that. I don't know what happened to Baltimore defense last couple of weeks. I, I think they're dealing with some COVID issues and some yeah. injuries. But um, you don't used to you, you're not used to seeing a team run like that right. and have that much success mm-hmm. on, on uh, a historical uh, program like Baltimore. Um, but I, I think you know they they continue to make the right uh, moves in the right direction, uh, trying to get this team playoff ready and to make a run. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for my Browns. I think we'll make a run in the playoffs. Uh, that's it, man. That's my two cents for the show, man. <laughs> That's a wrap, man. I appreciate you guys tuning in and go to Canes, man. Get some of that great food. Always. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.